Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. I'm Erica Spiegelman, addiction and wellness specialist and author. And along with me, I have my co-host, Jay Ciano, a New York-based serial entrepreneur, business scaling expert, and wellness aficionado. We are here to inspire, encourage growth, and most importantly, to live better. Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. Our guest today is Greg Scheinman. Greg is the creator of the Midlife Mail, a weekly newsletter and podcast designed to help men navigate and maximize middle age to achieve a better quality of life. One of the top rated midlife podcasts, it features CEOs, athletes, authors, chefs, coaches, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and high profile people. Greg is also the author of the Midlife Mail, a no bullshit guide to helping you live better, longer, happier, healthier, and stronger, and having more fun in your 40s and 50s. We can't wait to get Greg on the show and talk to him. Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. I'm Erica Spiegelman, an addiction and wellness specialist and author. And along with me, I have Jay Ciano, a New York-based serial entrepreneur, business scaling expert, and wellness aficionado. We're here to inspire, encourage growth, and most importantly, to live better. Greg, welcome to the Live Better Podcast. Let's dive right in. Can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and the six Fs? I'm happy to. I almost feel like after those intros, I should just leave. Like, you can't get better than, right? Like, you know, you don't need to go down from here, right? Thank you for that. Um, we need more details. We need more details. Yeah. This is great. It's a it's a pleasure to be with, with both of you. Um, the six Fs, guys, really came as as kind of a redefining metric for success. You know, what happened was, I think for, for most guys, myself included, um, well, you know a little bit of the story and for the for the people out there, you know, I grew up on the North Shore of Long Island. I grew up very, if you will, wealthy, privileged, um, really, as we were saying, nowhere to go but down, you know, kind of, and you don't realize that, I think, until later in life when you start to experience some, some adversity. Um, whether that's you know financial struggle or what it's like to actually earn you know a living or achieve the lifestyle that you were used to growing up. In my case, it was it was also loss, you know, loss of my father, who was the provider and the earner at forty seven, which was midlife. And I always viewed what success was was you were chasing salary and title, like that's what success meant, especially as a man. Sure, and. That was kind of what I was going after. And what I learned over time, a long period of time, as a as a slow learner and a late bloomer, you know, I would say, is that that's not really what success, you know, looks like. And it certainly wasn't really what success felt like to me, you know, once I once I had it to an extent. So I had this guy, Billy Mann, this amazing, amazing uh, Grammy winning songwriter, producer. He works with Pink um, and John Legend, inc just incredible artists. And I was fortunate enough to have Billy on the podcast, one of the very early episodes of the podcast. He happens to be married to an old friend of mine. And Billy dropped this, this gem on me that he started to redefine success. And instead of chasing the hit song, chase the hit life. Sure. And that's in your book. And that's another plug for the book, by the way, which I absolutely love. Thank you. So that just landed so hard with me and it became, well, what's really important to me? You know, salary and title versus what became the success was family, fitness, finance, food, fashion, and fun. 
And I just started writing down what was important to me. You know, family first. I have a beautiful wife, two amazing boys, you know, um, fitness, which is really health, you know, really about life wellness. Um, beyond that finance, which is back to, yeah, how much do you really need? How much is enough to do what you want, when you want, with who you want? You know, that's really what we're, what we're talking about. Food is really nutrition, you know, and, and what you put in your body and how that makes you feel. People get hung up on these last two also like fashion and fun. You know, fashion is really about confidence, you know, personal style. Like I was living and, and even dressing in a very kind of inauthentic way for a long period of time. Look like a million bucks in the suit and the other stuff, but if it doesn't really feel like you, right? It was really about personal brand and confidence. And then fun, you kicked it off at the beginning when you were saying like, let's just have a good time with this conversation and do this. We're not having enough fun. And then really like, if it's not fun, then like, like I'm done. Like, what are we here for if we're not having fun in the things that we do? And we wavered on that one for a really long time. I did, whether it felt juvenile, you know, or how that works. Mm -hmm. um, and quite frankly, become one of the most prevalent topics I speak and work and coach with men on. And it's like, what is fun? Yeah. The right kind or the wrong kind, you know, like, and, and right. what does that look like in life? So that's how we got to the six Fs. Mm -hmm. I have a question. Real quickly, before you, before you jump in, Erica, I, 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 based on everything you just said, Greg, and we're getting to know each other uh, a lot better, I feel like you just basically uh, gave my background, which is so bizarre, you know, losing a parent, very similar age, you know, so on and so forth. Um, so if I feel that way, there has to be so many other people out there, both male and female, that feel that way. But Erica is the professional in the space, so I can't wait for her to dive in here. Go ahead, Eric. No, I just I, I'm curious of you know from um, the point of view of being midlife or you know what we what we could call that or label that. You know, I, I think you know I'm 43 years old. Um, in your 40s, especially after you have a family and I have two little kids, like you start to feel like, wow, I had so many possibilities when I was younger. I had endless like dreams and, you know, there were so many paths my life could go. And then, you know, I, I chose this life. I wanted kids. I wanted a family. I wanted to have this kind of life. But then once you arrive at it, it it's almost like I don't. it's not a crisis per se, but it's like realizing, wow, like now I am in my 40s. I've gotten these wonderful gifts and blessings. And now what, you know? And so how do we like begin to normalize this for people if they are feeling in this way and don't want to make it into something that's like a crisis, but yet reframe it and create a different outlook on it? Like, uh, you know, let's revitalize our lives or let's revisit, you know, how we see ourselves and that we're not just stuck because I hear this from women, like so many moms feel just kind of like the monotony of the day. They're stuck in these habits with the kids and, you know, and, and I think a lot of us feel uninspired. So how do we begin to like, let's say, you know, kind of create a new conversation around this? Yeah, it's it's so good. And I think while I, I speak predominantly and, and work with men in midwife, yeah, statistics and everything that you're describing are the same for women. Mm -hmm. And I also don't think it's specifically related to a particular age. You know, I also oh, kind of put this in order. Like, I know some really old 30-year-olds. I know some really young 60-year-olds. Right, right. Everything you're describing for also women and men 
it happens, you know, very similarly. Maybe our responsibilities, obligations, routines, habits that you're describing are different and very individual, but the same conformity, the same complacency, the same redundancy, the same challenges and questions exist in who we are. So the way I approach it, and you mentioned this word, you mentioned the word, you know, choose. Like I, I, I chose this or choose. And this is all a choice. Right. I mean, all the time. Like, like this is all about making better choices the majority of the time. Yeah. The better choices you make, the more consistently, the better ultimately you'll be living your life. We're faced with choices constantly. But to reframe it, mm-hmm. you said a redefining say, what if instead of viewing aging as something to fear, right. started to view it as something aspirational? Mm-hmm. I genuinely midlife, not so much about this period of even reinventing ourselves, but this period where we accept and allow to release ourselves into who we really want to be and take all of these experiences that we've had leading up to this period. And we have so much more to go on. Yeah. Can we apply all that we've lived and all that we've learned to see our better days in front of us? You know, mm-hmm. not behind us. I think it's it's a mindset shift. Yeah. Really is what it is, you know? And, and if you can change your mindset, you genuinely can change your life. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, like, Absolutely. a lot of the, uh, even the inspiration behind this collective, you know, that Eric and I have, have created here has been a lot of our peers are kind of living up to that term midlife crisis in a way where they are acting as if they've peaked and now they're just doing things and continuing to go through the motions as older college kids. Like that's, I mean, it's weird to say, and I I just, you know, it just kind of came out of my mouth. I haven't really put much thought into that, but the reality is that, you know, a lot of people that I know really, really well, their behaviors haven't changed that much regardless of where they are. And it also has forced them to take on this belief that they're, you know, not necessarily the better days are not necessarily ahead. And it's almost like they're throwing in the towel on some level, as opposed to what Eric and I have talked about is I I've never felt better. I feel like I finally am so comfortable in my own skin where there should be a word that's super common that comes into the dash after the word midlife. That is not crisis, because I'm sure if you ask 10 people, what's the first word that you think of after you hear midlife and right. ten of them are going to say crisis, or maybe seven. I don't know. It's so like that's, that's yeah. literally what I do when I do, you know, when, when I'm engaging with audiences certain times or we're doing workshops, whether this is with couples or whether this is with men individually. I mean, you really can do that word association. And I have like when I say midlife, what do you say? And yeah, absolutely right. Crisis, okay, is the dominating, mm-hmm. is the dominating follow-up word to midlife. I right. would offer, you know, opportunity. Mm-hmm. I would offer, again, just from a mindset and a perspective shift. Yeah, word crisis is a polarizing, traumatizing, you know, paralyzing word right there. Yeah. When we start getting into opportunity and possibility and probability, mm-hmm, and growth versus closed mindset, we really open up so much bandwidth yeah, to do some tremendous things. And we have so much more runway now, Erica, and too. 
Yeah. That of we have this opportunity to live healthier and longer and stronger and on this that I don't even know where the middle necessarily is you know, anymore. Greg, it sounds like too, you know, it's it's this shift in mindset of like abundance. Like we, we could we could see this as an abundant part of life, our blessings, like, you know, anything that falls under like loving and love loving thoughts, you know, versus fearful thoughts and scarcity thoughts and things like that, you know, which is I think the goal for everybody is to kind of shift our mindset to see like, you know, life is working out for us and what, you know, and focusing on, on like, like, you know, having these gratitude practices and changing our thought habits. And that's a lot of work I do is the rewiring and cognitive thoughts and how even, you know, I, I'm an addiction specialist, but even if people could change how they view, um, you know, their thought habits and their narratives and changing all of that, that's really where I see internal shifts start to happen. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's really important if people are kind of struggling, I think is to give them a little, if you could, uh, how to begin to change, uh, you know, their mindset every day or their old narratives over, around aging, around all of this, you know? Yeah. And absolutely. And I think it's this interesting, interesting combination of both, you know, look, I am not a therapist. I am not a specialist. You know, I am, I am a normal, if you will, messed up 50 year old guy. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really take it from, I try to take a very, as I said, as the book even says, like, I know BS, like straight down the middle, you know, talk to me like I'm a golden retriever, you know, because that's the way I'm going to, I'm going to figure yeah. this shit out. And it's really, and I love that you talk about the how, because I think that one other thing that has gotten lost here, and then I put it at the top of a lot of my messaging is enough with the why. Okay. Let's focus on the how. There's yeah. so much talk about find your why and find it. I get fucking, sorry, can I say it? I, I get fucking yeah. why you want to be a better husband. You want to be a better father. You want to be in better shape. You know, you want to, you know, meet the, the hotter woman. You want to, I, I get all of those, the, the why. That, that's not so out there. The question is how, you know, how are you going to do those things? What steps are you going to take? And if you look at the first, you know, there are two ways to do this that I see. The simplest one that I've come up with is better one or better two. Mm -hmm. And I use this with all of my clients. I don't know how your eyesight is, but my eyesight was really shitty growing up. Mm -hmm. Contacts, glasses, views, like I maxed that out. But you would go to the eye doctor. Mm -hmm. this is what I use. And they would put these lenses in front of your face and now start flipping them around. And go better one or better two. And you would keep going through this exercise. And at the end of this, what happens? You have clarity. You can see clearly. You have a prescription mm, that is going to help you, that get, helps you to see and to live. And I use this, and I ask this with any choice all day long. Mm, should I work out today or not work out today? Better one or better two? Mm, should I kiss my wife goodbye in the morning or ignore her? Okay, And roll out of bed on the other side. Better one or better two? Mm -hmm. Do I go to my kid's basketball game or do I think there'll be plenty more? Mm -hmm. Better. And you can do this exercise with anything and everything in your life. I love it. Without thinking about the outcome, we fixate on the outcome, which is that why I want to be in better shape. Mm -hmm. And I would offer fixate on the action over the outcome. If you love start that. making better choices, 50, 60, or 70, the math doesn't lie. Yeah. You're going to get to the desired outcome. You're going to be the better husband. You're going to be the better father. 
Go from 20% attendance at your kid's game to 80%. Trust me, you're going to feel like a better man. Yeah. You know, work out every five days a week, okay, versus zero. You're going to be in better shape. These things happen by design, not mm-hmm. by default. That's all on the how. Yeah. I love it. Love it. That's it's fascinating. I, I you know, yeah. truthful. Yeah. It, it, it's very truthful. Erica, you and I have been talking about the obviously how important the how is because sometimes greg you know being a overweight kid you know growing up the way that i did and then willing my way into you know being more fit being better looking like putting every area of my life together in a very meaningful way it's come to a point where i have just my non-negotiables where come hell or high water I am checking these boxes every single day so long as I'm alive, right? So Erica says to me, yeah, but you know that a lot of people that I work with and just in general can't just have that much discipline to check those boxes every single day. And it's not as easy as you might think it is. I struggle with that because I feel like, you know, when you see the positive results and the ripple effect, Greg, when you mentioned getting up, giving your wife a kiss, you know, before you leave the house, um, you know, doing all of those things that you know are going to have a positive, more positive, better one impact than a better two impact. It sounds so easy, but we all, I think, struggle with this. Not necessarily, everybody's struggle is different in the different areas of your life. And what I try to do is fill up every bucket every day which is a very different mindset than myself five years ago. The business bucket, you know, was always overflowing, but the family bucket was suffering as a result of that, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I think that's, I think it's interesting. You know, I hear, we all hear things differently and we're wired differently and we react differently. I hear, you know, that you try to fill up every bucket every day and I go, whoa, okay, like, that sounds like a lot. Like that sounds like, how am I going to fill up every bucket okay, every day? That sounds to me like I'm setting, I would be setting myself up for failure rather than success. Mm-hmm. Sure. I'd offer again for me, like again, as a simpleton, mm-hmm. as a guy who only has a certain amount of bandwidth, if you right. will, how many buckets can I fill up in a day? What does my bandwidth allow me to do? Mm-hmm. Right. And in that regard, that's part of the system, creating and developing your personal operating system that works for you. Right. And over you know, the period of a few years, 200 plus interviews and conversations with other guys like this, I've now backed in to you know, a five-step system mm-hmm. that I utilize and I think anybody else can use so we understand what our buckets are. We understand what our metric of success is. We understand what our what our uh, what our bandwidth is, and you get back into your into your how. And I look at it as okay. Number one, knowing what's important is what's most important. You've got to identify what your priorities are. Mm-hmm. Right. No, you're non-negotiables, as you said. Number two, if you don't know where you're going, you're never going to get there. The majority of guys, we're just rudderless, you know, out there. As you said, going through the motions. You've got to actually have a map, okay, of where you're trying trying to go mm-hmm. the third one you talk about all the buckets and film i call this aggregate curate eliminate this is this is ace you know you can take all this stuff that's constantly flying at us but curate it down to what works for you and then eliminate all the stuff that doesn't 
Then it goes to the calendar. I live on the calendar. Show me your calendar. I'll show you your priorities. Okay. Now ask any minute of any day, open it up, show me, and you should be able to know exactly what's most important to me, what's in my life, you know, where I'm going. Yeah. I use Adly. And now it's, and it's quantifiable. And then the last one is grace, gratitude, and latitude because we are way too hard on ourselves. Yeah. Things like I hear filling every bucket and I immediately get scared. And I think I'm a failure on there. So be kind to ourselves. And I've now I've got it three personal, three professional things each day, no more, no less, until they have done nothing on the other side of the column. Like get in there. Uh, but I just love that pro like working the process and the how with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say when you were talking before, there's a lot about mindfulness here too. It's just like, you know, and I like my husband and I love this conversation is like, for me, right, we all we all need our tanks filled up in terms of love in different ways, right? The five love languages, we know about that book and that theory. And so I'll say to him, like, give me a kiss goodbye. That means a lot to me more than, you know, you showing me through acts of service, hey honey, I put out the, you know, the the garbage. Like to me say goodbye, that means more important, right? But it's a, but it's, it's really about everybody operating differently and also having communication and conversation in terms of our interpersonal relationships about saying and communicating, hey, this is what I need. And then going the extra step of being mindful, you know, being mindful, not only for yourself, but for the people around you. Um, I think that that's important too. Like you said, it's just give yourself a pat on the back if you're having these conversations about just even being aware, you know, because a lot of people are living so unaware that, oh, I didn't know my wife really cared so much about that, right? Because no one's, no one wants to talk about it or, or you know, it's easy to harbor resentment yeah. versus, right, having loving conversations for whatever reason. You want to know how somebody's thinking when it's ask, you know, it's kind of like one of those, you know, like well, no. asking, asking questions in a land. And otherwise, you know, you make a lot of assumptions, you make a lot of judgments. Those things can happen. We're not supposed to, you know, one of the things I even hear most, you know, from guys that come in and, and what's interesting also, Eric, is 40% of the inquiries that I get are from women. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. I focus specifically on men as it pertains to my coaching and most of the posting and things that I write. Okay. Right. 40% of the inquiries I get are from women. Women yeah. want their brothers, their husbands, okay, their partners, their spouses, their colleagues, their ex-husbands that they're still co-parenting yeah. with. You know, they yeah. want them to be better. Mm -hmm. So how can they become better or live better as your as your title is? And they're asking these questions. The guys, when they come to me, okay. It's, uh, if I do this, um, what am I going to have to do for her? I got to ask for forgiveness and I got to ask for permission, you know? And it's a quid pro quo in their head. And it becomes this kind of kind of struggle where what if instead of asking for forgiveness and permission, you actually asked for support? And yeah, I actually told you that the women that are coming to me are already 100% supportive. Mm -hmm. And you guys are just not seeing it the same way. Uh, it's in it's interesting um, yeah when when you when you boil it down that way though again a lot of these things things seem maybe easier said than done and right. for me like my old self before i actually really truly started looking within and understanding my weaknesses and working on them and and being accountable instead of drinking more to numb myself to kind of stay in that vicious cycle you know, I was very much doing that for a long period of time in my life where I, you know, the communication between my wife and I 
if I was going on a business trip, there was tension between us because she knew that I'd be entertaining clients and drinking and so on and so forth. And I always thought that that was such a ridiculous concern of hers. But I could see now that I'm not the same Jay, that I show up differently. And I'm really, when I'm doing business, I'm about the business. Do I have fun? Do I hang out with my team? Do I entertain clients? Yes, but it's in a very different way than I used to. And I think, I think that it's really, you know, it's not necessarily an easy thing to do, which is why when I talk about my peer group being older college kids that are kind of doing the same behavior and so on and so forth, you know, if there's tension in their marriage, they don't want to accept responsibility for any of it. It's like, oh, she's annoying. She doesn't let me do that. The other versus you're on the same team looking at the problem, right? It's like me against you versus how about me and you against the problem? Like, let's get on the same team, but right? Yeah, you have to show up and do the hard work. Like, but that's like the theme of everything you're saying, Greg. It's like, yeah, when I said that I try to fill up all my buckets, I know for a fact I'm not filling every bucket every day equally, but I'm trying to fill up all my buckets. Sure. And I mean, that's what I, I also call it. Look, this is about turning your F's into A's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That. Now, that doesn't mean you need to be a straight A student to be successful. Yeah. That what we're really talking about here is a cumulative GPA of your life. And at certain stages of your life, at certain times, different areas and aspects take different levels of importance. Young kids, older kids, we're a couple of years away from being empty nesters. You know, the time period where you might be hustling and grinding a little bit more because you need to. There's another time period you might be able to, to, you know, focus a little bit more on your health and getting that back, you know, because now maybe you're not commuting to the city every day and staying out until nine. I mean, all of these things are a ratio. But as you said, you know, what you're looking for is I don't love the word balance, but you're looking for harmony, you know? In these buckets or, or in trying to turn our Fs into A's, you're looking for our for a lifestyle that is ingrained, that is harmonious, you know, that is in alignment. We are a team as a couple. We're not, you know, one against the other. It should be us, you know, you know out there living our lives holistically and chasing on, you know, total, total life wellness. But you've said this now twice now about it sounds easy, but it's hard. I say that sim- they are. Every one of these concepts is simple. Mm. Or frankly, the actions are simple. But simple is really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And which is why most don't do it. You know? It's actually back into the how. It's into the action. Nothing is complicated about the action. Or it is, can I actually take it? What's hard is, can I take it? And can I do it again? And this fear of, of either trying or fear of starting or waiting until it's the perfect time or the right time, or I'm not going to make any other friend, new friends, or I've been doing it this way for so long. Change. It's scary. Aging is scary. Okay. Midlife is a crisis. You know, all of these things are, are out there. These stereotypes, these cliches to stop us. No, and that's where the majority's hanging out. It's another reason it seems so fearful and scary and everything because it's it's it seems like you are the outlier. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you do this, you venture in this direction. I'd also offer that not only are you not the outlier, mm-hmm. 
But while you may not be in the majority either, there are so many people out there. Uh, anything and everything you want is, is possible. You just have to be willing to go find it. If you don't want to entertain clients at night and be drinking and doing that, I guarantee you when you go to the next real estate conference or insurance conference like I used to, go to the gym in the, in, in the win, okay, at 6 a.m. And who are you going to see? Yeah. You're going to see 20 multimillionaire insurance brokers that care about their health. Right. Yeah, I mean, the reality, though, Greg. Right. Millionaire guys that are out at night, too. I'm just saying they both exist. I'm not. Yeah, but the fun, uh, you're absolutely right. And and anytime I'm in Vegas, I'm at the wind gym at 6 a.m. because it's 9 a.m. It's 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 actually super late for me anyway. But but the point is, yes, but the reality is half of the super high performer, successful men and women that are in that gym are coming off of drinking 10 tequilas the night before anyway maybe because so many of the successful people that i know do all of the above so to speak and are not necessarily focusing on how can i really be a better person today than i was yesterday and i think if you're at a certain level of success you almost feel like you have a free pass and, it, and you're not necessarily you know you're Nobody's doing the healthy really thing out. to counteract it yeah, you gotta hold yourself accountable. I agree. Right. I agree. Yeah, they're both. You know, yeah. There's consequences at some point. We were talking about this yesterday with Jay. It's like, yeah, the, the, it may be like when people, like, you know, all my clients say to me, "Well, but I'm successful, so right." I, I give myself that excuse while I'm doing great. But then I say to them, where are the other negative consequences in your life? Like, let's start looking within. Like, are your relationships suffering? Is your relationship with your kids suffering? Do you feel like your your brain is not even functioning that well? How are you emotionally in this conversation? Are you happy? Why are we even at right? And and they're they're having that conversation for a reason. Because right. no, you're right. successful by all societal metrics and everything else. Right. But guess what? You're calling me up to pay me five thousand dollars a month because you're unhappy. Right. You're not having the kind of fun you want to have, okay? Right. You, got yourself, you got the cars, you got the kids, you got everything. But guess what? You don't want to have 10 tequilas at night and be in the gym. Like, I've done this, too. Like, it took me five years to turn over my almost my entire client list okay, in my last business from, again, chasing premium commissions dollars, okay? Taking guys to concerts and being out late and drinking and doing it to switching it up to meeting people for for workouts and smoothies and, and getting into different industries where people yeah. live very, very different lives. And I'll tell you, it's all green. Okay. Yeah. You feel better in your heart. Account. Like the lifestyle was completely, completely different. So, yeah. you know, I could it wasn't sustainable for me to do both. What you yeah. described, Jay, I've been there. Like it wasn't sustainable for me. To live the double life. No, I'll take it a step further. Like, you know, for me, the younger version of myself defines success as I can go out to any restaurant, nightclub, drink as much as possible and party with, you know, successful people that want to do that land business as a result of that, you know, like so extreme to where now I have zero interest in doing that. I don't care what the opportunity is. I'm not going to necessarily do things that I don't feel comfortable with or really want to do myself. And that doesn't mean, by the way, that in my businesses, everybody's like me, right? So there's people that would be more than happy to go out and entertain people who want to do that for fun. But I just find it interesting as we enter middle age, right? Like I don't, I lost my mom when she was in her early fifties. 
you lost your dad at 47. I'm 46. I don't even think of myself as old. I can't even, when we say mid midlife, I have a tough time grasping that I'm in midlife, right? Like, am I the only one? Still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but to, to each their own. But I, but I do think too, like, you know, there's something about, you know, raising the awareness around restoring and rest and, you know, relaxing your nervous system. I mean, this is where diseases is. I mean, if you go long enough, your body is in a dis-ease. Not, it's not at ease. There is no rest. There is no respect of sleep and, you know, rejuvenation. And, you know, like this really, this really helps us, you know, in terms of wellness when we can begin to be aware of all that and how it attributes to our overall health, right? If we're running both ends all the time, you're gonna, there's gonna be a moment where there's gonna be a consequence, you know, eventually, whether it's emotionally. You go to zero for 100, you're gonna blow the engine. You go right. to zero, you're going to fry the, fry the brakes. What we're really talking about here is rhythm and cadence again and, mm -hmm. and harmony. And there's been yeah. such, I mean, there's so, so many amazing opportunities again in what you were talking about hyper wellness, restoration, you know, longevity. Um, yeah. you know, again, replacing. Mm -hmm. other habits, you know, old or maybe negative habits or former things with newer ones, things that again, yeah. make you feel better and happier and, and stronger that might be scary a little bit at the beginning. We really struggle with how to turn it off or turn it down. Yeah. Again, in these high pressure environments where, you know, the hustle and the grind and the 24 seven and I'll sleep when I'm dead, you know, like that seems pretty sexy when they put that when they put it out there and you wake up Monday morning and everyone slams you with the Monday motivation. And if you're not winning the day and attacking your routine and you're doing, I mean, it's so overwhelming and it's so daunting that I think the emphasis, if you will, should be on a lot of what you were just talking about, Erica. It's like, where do we step back? Where do we yeah. build in the open space? Where do we build in the restorative recuperative counts? And if any of these words, whether it's, you know, mindfulness like the words that get even scary to men like oh i don't want to meditate i want to be like mindful and i don't need you know i was bitching to kate the other day that i went to a yoga class and the first 12 minutes was like some story from the yoga teeth like i'm not here for that i don't yeah. want your like chakra and the thing and i know you're a new mom you know like, i'm an old dad like at this point i just want the i want i want to sweat and i want to stretch i don't need your story in there so we sometimes also have to put it you know really in in context that yeah. is you know gonna get through going look you know i i do you know box breathing it's like i i'm not great at quote-unquote meditating percent you know so what but that hell i rock box breathing because i'm like oh well if the navy seals can do it like great like i gravitate more towards that than sitting yeah. down and going oh you know and let me breathe and meditate you just gotta find again what works you know, for you, using it like smoothies and saunas and cold immersion has taken the place of, you know, tequila and, and late night dinners and lack of sleep. And you're just over time, back to the beginning, one or two, what feels better? Right. Getting a good night's sleep, waking up, you know, getting a little cold rush going on, feeling energized, exercise, or, you know, getting a shitty night's sleep, waking up hungover, okay, already feeling like you're behind the eight ball. Better one or better two. Yeah, I love it. I love, love it. it. 
you have so many great tidbits of just wisdom and relatability. And, you know, I just so appreciate you coming on and being with us. No, this is so much fun. I mean, and, and, you know, you guys are, are doing such great stuff that it's not, again, it's not surprising. Like to people out there, they're like, again, like you start living a certain way, you start changing certain things, you start operating a certain way. And all of a sudden opportunities, new people, things start to present themselves. You know, I have a client of mine said this to me and I, I stole it from him. I'm keeping it. It was like, you get the client you deserve. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's so true. Yeah, that is correct. I think we get the partners we deserve. We get the friends, you know, we deserve. If you yeah. live and lead by example and, and be you. Like, yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, to when you, when you tie all of those things together, the compound effect and the momentum that you get as a result of really, again, doing the hard things and staying on track and, and, you know, it, it becomes tough to do anything else. Like that's been my experience, right? So I kind of gradually became maniacal about the things that I do now. And now I could never even think about going the opposite direction because breaking that momentum is actually, it. it's like, you know, it. my day falls apart if I don't do the things that I'm used to doing, if I, if I'm traveling and I, you know, am not able to really do the things that I expect to do to have the energy I need to go out and do what I do. It's, it, it, it affects everything for me. It really does. It's all connected. I, I will also say like, it's all connected. Mm-hmm. There's no separation between these things. Yeah. They are all connected. How you operate, how you perform, what you put on your body, what you put in your body, all how you spend your time, who you spend it with, personal, professional, it's all connected. You know, my, my, my buddy, uh, Cody, as to say, he goes, this is who I am, so this is what I do. Like, mm-hmm. It's true. Exactly. It's like, it's, it's exact. It is not a surprise, okay? It is not a surprise, okay, where I'm going to be at Tuesdays at 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm there every Tuesday business. If I'm on the road, guess what? I get it as close to what my Tuesday at home would look like, you know, wherever else I am. P- taking yep. the same things with me, so on. You get back into habits, routine, who you are, your operating system. None of this yeah. stuff is surprising. What would be a surprise, okay, not to see me there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. To have well, me, you know, walking down the street smoking a cigarette, you know, to see me in a bar at night. Like, these uh, things would be surprising at this right. point, this point. Right. Yeah. But, but, your, but your identity, your identity is shifted. So I talk about this all the time. When I changed my life at 20 years old, stopped drinking. I haven't drank in 15 years, but my identity shifted. You know, like I saw myself as something when I was in college versus who I was when I changed my life. I saw myself as a healthy woman. And I will never forget the one day I started running when I got healthier. And I'd never run a day in my life before this, before I changed my life. And I started running in this neighborhood I live in every single morning, the same four mile loop. And someone at, you know, on, at the front of the coffee shop said to me, oh, you're the runner girl. And I almost started crying because I had never been called anything around healthy, you know, a, a, a runner. I'm a runner now. Like, wow, because that's what I do. I get up, I run. Now I'm a runner, right? Every night if I go to a bar and drink and smoke, I'm a smoker. I'm a drinker, right? So it's, it's, it's so powerful, though, when we can begin to shift the language too in our minds about how we see ourselves, you know, and, and be proud of yourself and begin to say like, I'm a healthy man or I'm choosing a healthy path or, you know, I mean, all these little things really, I think help. 
And it, it just helped me tremendously to begin to see myself differently that way. And it's again, it's, you know, one day at a time. Yeah. Just start. It's not only possible, but it's probable to change. It is yeah. too late. You know, perfect is the enemy of good. We can go down this list. I love it when guys, you know, or people say to me, they're like, but I'm not, you know, I'm not consistent. You know what I can do? It's like, usually we are all consistent. Yeah. You're either consistently making poor choices. You're consistently making the right ones. <laughs> yeah. We're all very, very consistent. Uh-huh. We just have to determine where you want to apply that consistency. Love that. Now, we're not all motivated all the time. You can send me 5,000 motivational quotes, okay? And it may, it's going to fall right on the ground or it may light me up for five minutes. You know, now, can we all be disciplined? Can we develop, can we determine what consistency looks like? Can we determine what real discipline looks like? Mm-hmm. Can we put a backseat on all this motivation, you know, there and this, this Im- kind of improper at self-analysis and self-doubt that we can't be consistent again? Oh, I am consistent. I really am consistent. And by the way, I'm disciplined too, okay? I just have to reallocate it back to your buckets and pie chart and where is it going to go and back to not going zero to 100 or 100 to zero. You didn't become the girl, you know, who runs on the first day you ran. No, right. Became the girl runs by the girl in the coffee shop, seeing you whatever it is every day, day after day. Right. And I know that that's a profound yeah, that that that's a profound concept, and I've used that running example, like because ultimately the way that you desi- the way that you define yourself, right? Like I used to look at runners, Erica, and that's why it really resonates with me. I used to look at them and and admire them and be like, I wish I could be like that, right? Now I'm the person you know doing CrossFit in like my driveway or somebody's driveway on vacation. Right. Which I never was like, I was never that guy. And you know what? I think the most important message is that if you want to become something, you absolutely can. So long as you put in the work and you're consistent with it. And then when other people that you've never met before start to call you that, it feels really good because you're proud of the hard work and the dedication that you have to that where all of a sudden you're not the only person defining yourself that way. The world is. Right. Right. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amazing. Well, Greg, thank you for being with us. Can you tell our audience where everybody can find you if they want to get a hold of your book and give us a little info on you? So, yeah, appreciate that very much. Uh, Not hard to find at all. So you can go to midlifemail.com. So pretty much everything is there. You can subscribe to the weekly newsletter. You can subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you can download even my free, you know, no no BS guide. Like there's a lot of tons of content materials there, uh, information even on my coaching program and a link to even buy the actual Midlife Mail book. Um, I hang out over on LinkedIn because that's where a lot of the midlife community also hangs out at overall. Um, so I'm at LinkedIn a lot and at Greg Scheinman on Instagram. I spend a lot of time there uh, watching the both of you as well. <laughs> I'm watching you now. Yeah, it's amazing. I love it. I love all the content. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is uh, this is awesome. And anything I can do to support you both and, and living better and what you're up to, I'm happy to do it. Thank you. So great. Really appreciate you joining us today, Greg. Thank you. Till we talk to you next time, let's choose to live better. <laughs>